This is Jade. This is Carly. And this is Mommy's Tell All. Hey, Jade. Hey, Carly. I love when I'm about to press record and I'm like, should I press it? Should I press it? Are we ready for this? Like, how ready do we have to be to talk to each other? (laughs) It's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. You never know what we're going to say. I actually never know what I'm going to say anymore because I have pregnancy brain all the time. That's the beauty of this podcast, though. I just like to listen to what you might or might say or may not say. I know. I'm very forgetful. Like I told you yesterday, I got to the gyno 30 minutes late because I thought my appointment was at 1030 and it was at 10. I felt really bad and I don't like getting in trouble. I'm sure that's probably not uncommon, though. I'm sure they're so used to it because we're just pregnant women walking around with humans growing inside of us. And there's a lot of things going on. So sometimes you're just a little forgetful. I'm sure it happens all the time. And she was like, "Um, do do you have a different appointment somewhere else in the building or something? Because your appointment was at 10. I was like, nope, I just... (laughs) She goes, Just, I'll tell him the traffic was bad. I was like, that's really nice. Thank you for lying <laughs> for me. I don't have to do it myself. How is your pregnancy going though? Because I feel like we haven't talked about it in a while on the podcast. Yeah, it's it's good. I just feel like, so I'm, wait, what am I right now? When this comes out, I'll be 33 weeks Wow, in day. I'm getting there. Um, But I mean, it's good. Like every every test is good. Everything is good. I'm, I just feel like I'm tired and I feel like full of baby. You know, when you start feeling like that, oh, I don't think my stomach can expand anymore. And then you look down and it has expanded more. And like, I can feel that his, yeah, yeah, I can finally say that, that his feet are like in my ribs. Oh, really? Taking me. Yeah. Cause I can tell that his head, his head is down because when he gets hiccups, I can feel where they are. Mm-hmm. They're not coming out of his feet, so <laughs> <laughs> I think he's head down. Well, but, that's um, good. Yeah, everything is is good. I'm just like slowly starting to try to get the room ready and all the things. But you know, it just gosh, running after a toddler while trying to like prioritize a baby's room where the baby isn't here yet. Like that's just like not real life. <laughs> It's okay. Even if like he came tomorrow, you'd be able to throw it together and make it work. You know, I don't know if it is that second child thing where you just are like, nah, it's not Gosh, as important. I did like in my Amazon checklist of all the um, things that I really need for like n- newborn things and then postpartum things. Mm-hmm. And so Evan keeps laughing at the number of boxes that are showing up. And one of the boxes was so big. He was like, this is ridiculous. So now Bella's using it as a, like a playhouse. <laughs> Tell him it doesn't get any better because that's all I do. I at least have a box a day. I swear show up at our door from Amazon. So, I mean, it's just so easy, but I'm getting really stressed out. I actually just looked in our Facebook group about like strollers because I'm going to get a different travel system and I was like okay I'm going to see what everyone's saying about strollers and everyone just has so many different opinions and there's so many different prices and honestly the thing that's stressing me out the most right now is like the stroller decision I'm getting really stressed out about it because then you have to like get a double stroller you have two but do you really need a double stroller I don't know I don't know I'm stressed the stroller is getting is getting me well to be honest you're probably not going to go a lot of places those first couple months. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> you will just be in survival mode. 
and right. we have we have a double stroller. We've used it maybe three times. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know because when we go out now, we just really just put him in the carrier, and then Emerson walks. Unless we're going, I mean, because we haven't really been anywhere big yet. But you yeah. will, you will want it. I'm, I'm sure you'll want a double Gosh. stroller unless you want to like put Bella on one of those leashes sorry <laughs> oh my gosh and leash on a backpack what oh I was watching 90 day fiance the other day I, I feel like I talk about this show all the time I'm like obsessed with it right now but there's a little girl and they were walking through Morocco and she had like a leash on her backpack and the guy felt really bad about it and it was really funny I was like listen at least your kids you know where your kid is at all times yes yeah, someone mm-hmm. can't swoop them up <laughs> right they're they're yeah. swooping you up too um but yeah everything is good how is everything in newborn land when does a baby not become a newborn? What week is that? I think it's three months. It's that first three, three months. months. Yeah. Okay. And that's like, that's like technically that fourth trimester label. Um, gotcha. So he's okay. eight weeks. He was eight weeks on Monday. I just took oh him to the gosh. chiropractor for the first time today. How did, how did that go? It went really good. I loved her. She was so sweet. She was so understanding. She was very gentle. She made me, she made me feel really, really comfortable with everything. And um, just because he's having those tummy problems and I've been doing the dairy and soy out of my diet, but he's still been having some tummy problems and some sleeping mm. problems. And I just feel like he's been so uncomfortable and I've heard so many great things about pediatric chiropractors. And so I finally, um, took the dive and I went cause I was nervous and I felt like she was amazing. So hopefully we'll see some differences. We go back um, a couple more times to get him adjusted, but she said he definitely felt like he needed adjusted. Wow. And that's that so interesting. It could just be from like birth, you know, like just like yeah, trauma yeah, to yeah, their yeah. bodies from birth. And I had such a fast labor that he might've just been kind of pushed. Totally. Totally makes sense. So, um, otherwise everything's going really good. He woke up like every hour and a half last night, but for oh, some gosh. reason I have a lot of energy today and I don't know if it's just delirium, but I'm working with it. I mean, that's just because you're a Wonder Woman. No, it's like, I think think I'm insane. It's just like (laughs) delirious. You're insane in a good way. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's going good. It's going good. That's great. That's what I tell myself. Yeah. That's what we have to tell ourselves every day. Okay, let's get on to the guests that we have. Um, We have Stephanie Whittles. She is the co-founder and CCO of Lemonada Media and host of Last Day Podcast. Um, she'll be talking about, she has a brother that actually died of a heroin addiction. He was an executive producer on Parks and Rec and Netflix Master of None. And she's going to be talking about the opioid crisis. And pretty much just about about her podcast, podcast, right? So she started the podcast because of her brother's passing. And I think she's really just trying to like start change in the way that we approach addictions and the way we approach the opioid crisis because it's huge and the statistics are unreal she's going to share that with us but she is making this podcast to just make it an an approachable topic and she's really funny and she's a mom herself and uh, she has a lot to offer our listeners so I hope you guys enjoy it and I hope uh, you check out our podcast Do you need new prescription eyeglasses or sunglasses, but you don't want to break the bank? I have the best solution for you. 
$39glasses.com is an American company that's owned by two eye doctors in Long Island, New York. To get your exact fit, visit $39glasses.com and use the virtual try-on tool they created. It's so cool. You take a selfie and it allows you to see exactly how the frames will look on your face before you even purchase them. To make your glasses, they use high-quality materials and name-brand lenses to create your glasses at a fraction of the price you would normally pay and it comes with free returns and a hundred percent worry-free guarantee and if that's not enough they also give you four percent cash back on every single purchase and if you have questions i recommend that you contact their highly trained customer service specialist via phone email or live chat get ten dollars off your order when you use code mom 10 at checkout again that's 39 dollars glasses com. I just ordered some. Oh my gosh. What a deal. Stephanie, we're so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, oh God, am I going to do it? I love you both. I, I feel <gasps> like I need to just start That's here. Nice. Okay. I, my husband and I watched your bachelor seasons and we I think pretty much stopped watching after you guys because it was like, what's the point anymore? And I agree. <laughs> I mean, truly. And I, we followed your journeys and I am just thrilled for you both. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at a picture of you, by the way, right now. And you have, you're just so pretty. Oh my gosh. Stop it. Stop. Like th- this picture of you is so good. <laughs> Look at you? that. Wow. Your hair is so pretty. Oh my gosh. You have God. like, Tell- wow. Glowing skin. Ugh. Well, guys, just tell me more. I'm going to come on this podcast every day. You can. This is what we do. It's a women's podcast. We uplift each other, right? Well, I mean, I'm looking at Jade right now, and she looks like I do. <laughs> I love you, Jade. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm looking at a picture of you, and you're you're just like, look at this perfection right here. Well, I need you to know that this uh, that is a photo, so you need to understand that right now. <laughs> I do not look like that photo, but I appreciate that you like the photo of me. I also appreciate you that you're a fellow Texan. I'm from Dallas. Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. In, I'm in and Houston. you live in Houston. Yeah. yeah. And it's really hot and I'm over it. Oh, it's so hot. And you're an instructor in the theater department at a high school of the performing and visual arts, which is the coolest thing ever because I was the theater president. So I taught acting at the High School for Performing and Visual Arts in Houston for 10 years of my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is so cool. It was. I, I really thought it. about doing that for a long time. Yeah, it was amazing. And I had these great students. And I think really honestly what, what happened, I mean, there's a lot of things that happened. We'll get into it. But I once I had children, I was like, I don't want to make any of these children feel bad ever. Like my my <laughs> desire to coach acting seriously shifted once I had children, you know, because I was like, these poor oh, babies, yeah. like they have moms who love them. I don't want to, I don't want to crush them. <laughs> I that would have been me. I was that kid. Like you guys are talking about performance arts. And I'm like, I was the kid that was way too scared, way too self-conscious to even try. <laughs> I would have cried. Yeah. Yeah. They're feelers. My children were all like very intense feelers. And I currently have a feeler I birthed a feeler she's five and she's so intense and I I just know she's gonna be there someday you know <laughs> just like oh yeah. yeah I was just talking to Evan about this with our trusty therapist she was talking about does Bella show signs of being more like Evan or being more like me and I was like oh she's a feeler and that's not very like me 
<laughs> yep, yep. She feels intensely yep. at almost two years old. Absolutely. And and that, that just grows <sighs> stronger. It just grows stronger. Oh. Yeah. How do you do it? How do you deal with, with all of the feelings? You know, um, it's great that we're talking today because today I dealt with it worse than I probably ever have. You know, like. Oh, my gosh. It was like my husband said to me after I called. It was this morning. It's really hectic getting kids to school and we have two of them. And so I, you know, yelled at her today and I don't ever yell at her. And he was like, I have heard you talk to her that way exactly twice in our lives. This was one of them today. <gasps> you know, like usually, no usually I, I, I just, um, I always try to approach it with, I understand. I, I feel you. I, I, yeah. I get that. Mm, yeah. I, that sounds really very mature hard, of you. you know, like, I mean, I know right. the right way to do it, but man, when it's like seven fifteen and she has to be at school by seven thirty, and the baby's crying and, She's like tripping out about, you know, whatever I deem as insignificant in that moment. You know, sometimes you just get pushed and and uh, today I just snapped and I was like, put on your shoes. And I did the whole mean mom thing, you know, and I could tell as I'm doing the mean mom thing that it's just crushing her because she reacts so badly to that. It's like the way that because she's not doesn't get it. No. What is this? And like you're you were a sensitive kid. It sounds like. I'm just going to say, I know you guys are both sensitive kids. Me too. When somebody yelled at me as a kid, it just broke me, you know, and it's totally the wrong way to do it. And I think that, well, I know what I'm going to do today when I get home is I'm going to sit her down and I'm going to say, I am so sorry for the way I talked to you today. It was not okay. And it made me feel bad. And I just want to apologize, you know? And I think one of the things that I have found is that if I can talk to her like she's a person and acknowledge my flaws and my faults and oh, yeah. when I mess up, which is all the time, I think it just is better, you know? <laughs> like, So I mess up and then I acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, you're doing the best that you're trying, you know, you know what I mean? You're doing your best. And sometimes it just happens. We make mistakes all the time as moms. And I do think that's definitely the best thing you can do is just tell them, hey, like, I made a mistake. It's okay to make mistakes. And I am so sorry. I think, like you said, that's, I mean, you're just, you saying that right there. You're a great mom, even if you did lose your cool. Thank you. <laughs> I felt, yeah, I felt terrible. You know, you, you, it's like, I'm the first person to know when I mess up, you know? I mean, I will tell you for the first one, I'll be in line to tell you, like, I was the one that messed up. It was me. Uh, and it's just when you do that with your kids, you know, you just... You just want to build them up as much as you can. And she had a meltdown that was so intense because she had this picture that she was making and she had a, a vision in her head for how it should look. And it wasn't turning out the way she wanted. Oh. And she oh. like lost <laughs> so it sad. because she was like, I wanted the rainbow to be over the house and there's no room for the rainbow because I took up too much room for the clouds. And now it's not going to look the way I want it to look. And She's crying while she's saying it. And I'm just like, girl, I feel you. Like, yes, I have a, an image of how I want everything to go, too. <laughs> you know, doesn't it suck when it yeah. doesn't? Yeah. They really are just little humans, aren't they? Completely. And just tinier, tinier worlds. They are little humans. And what I have found is that they are they are you. You know, I mean, everything oh, yeah. that I see in her, I'm like, oh, that is me. You know, they really do reflect you back mm -hmm. to you the good and the bad mm -hmm. totally I feel like it also makes you understand like I mean I was just talking about this yesterday too like it makes me understand Evan more 
because she is like half Evan. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. I get why you do that or I get why he does that. I see this now. Whoa. Totally. That totally. is so weird. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever wondered why every dog food, no matter how pretty the bag is or the brand or the price, is dry, smelly, burnt, brown, gross pellet? Like, why do we feed this stuff to our beloved pets for every meal of their life? You guys, my dog, Huck, he deserves better. And now he gets better. And we don't have to serve that stuff anymore thanks to the farmer's dog. The farmer's dog makes it easy to feed your dog real fresh food actual food you can see smell and taste and if you really wanted to i guess it looks delicious they deliver it right to my house when i need it and i just reach into the fridge and i open and pour it it is so easy there's real usda fresh vegetables i love my dog's turkey recipe with carrots and spinach and there's no wondering What's in my dog's food? Because I actually see the ingredients every time I serve it. And the farmer's dog works with top vets to make their food complete and balanced for your dog. So you know that they're getting nutrition they need and they will thrive with this food. And it's pre-portioned for them so you don't have to worry about underfeeding or overfeeding. How easy is that? A fresh food diet that's linked to wealth of health benefits from a smoother coat and regulated weight to better poops and fresher breath. Hey! And with plans starting at $3 a day, less than a morning cup of coffee these days, I am able to make it work for my family and have peace of mind knowing that I'm making a long-term investment in my dog's health. Bye-bye, vet bills. The Farmer's Dog is smarter, healthier pet food, making it simple as possible to give your dog a better diet. Start your trial today. Go to thefarmersdog.com slash mommies, and you'll save 50%, and you get free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash mommies for 50% off your trial with free shipping. That is farmersdog.com slash mommies. Your dog will thank you. Off of the mommy talk for a minute, even though I'm sure we'll get back to that. Let's talk about Lemonada Media and you're the host of Last Day Podcast. Can we talk about your podcast? Oh, yes. It's it's a comedy. <laughs> it's a comedy. And by comedy, I mean not at all. Um, I bring comedy I know. Elements. I feel like we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're like, okay, let's take it down a few notches here. Maybe change our voices. No, no, don't ever do that. I never change my voice for my very serious <laughs> podcast, uh, which is part of why I think people are going to be able to listen to it. Um, so I am a real normal human being. And I have these two kids and I have all these normal, you know, woman with two kids struggles and uh, there's that side of me and I'm married and I'm trying to juggle and balance and get dinner on the table every night and, you know, all the things that we're all struggling to do, you know, shower. I'm struggling to shower. I find it oh, I get very that. difficult. Yeah, we feel you. <laughs> yeah, I smell. You know, like it's bad. And that's like one side. And then the other side is that five years ago, I lost my little brother to a heroin overdose. And oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. And he was, in addition to being my little brother, which was, I think, his most important role, um, 
my best friend, all of those things. He was a comedian and he wrote and acted and produced NBC's Parks and Recreation. And he wrote for the show Master of None. And he invented the word humble brag. And wow. I mean, he, yeah, he was wow. this miraculous, amazing, smart, funny, charismatic guy. And in addition to that, he had this disease of addiction that so many people have. And 72,000 people died of opioid overdoses in uh, 2017. That is a real statistic. Mm. The podcast delves into that in a way that is not sensational or trying to tell the most gruesome, horrific story, but in a way that tries to humanize it and understand that since this is now killing more people than car accidents, a lot of people who are dealing with this are just normal people like me, like you, and like Harris. And that's what the show's about. We want to humanize the epidemic. We want to talk to everybody we can about it. I tell as many jokes as possible. I use massive amounts of profanity. So it is a very approachable, accessible podcast, unless you don't like the F word, in which case I don't think you will like the show. Um, but it's, um, you know... I think about this stuff all the time, and for a long time I was thinking, like, you know, I don't want to think about opioids anymore. I don't want to talk about opioids anymore. I'm not a huge, horrible, depressing person. I, I don't want this to be the focal point of my life, but these kinds of things find you, and um, the fact of the matter is I am thinking about it constantly, and I've gotten to this point in my grief. I, I also wrote a book about it that came out a couple years ago that I had written the year after he died. You know, it took me nine months to write it, and I— really used it as a form of coping. And I wasn't really ready then to talk about it in terms of this mass epidemic, right? Like, how do we find a solution? Because frankly, I was like, I didn't find a solution. My brother is dead and I don't really want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to find a solution. You know, I felt kind of resentful, you know, when I would hear people that beat it. Mm -hmm. And now I've gotten to a point five years out where I'm like, you know what, this is terrible. And I have children and they are susceptible to this because they are human beings. And all of us are susceptible right. to this. And I dove into doing the show. And my partner is this incredible, successful podcast producer, also has two kids. And she lost her brother the same way. And, oh, wow. you know, it's like anytime I'm in a room and I tell people about it, inevitably somebody pulls me to the side and they're like, you know what? I have a blank who's struggling with this and I'm going to mm -hmm. listen. So that's what we're doing with the show. So every morning, one of my favorite things to do is make breakfast with Emerson. She loves it so much and she loves participating. Her favorite thing to make right now is scrambled eggs and she'll actually break the eggs open for me and she's really good at it. And one thing that we really needed to do though was upgrade our pots and our pans and made in is where it's at. They make the nicest. They look so high end. They're used by all the famous chefs. And um, now Emmy is her own little famous chef in our kitchen. Maiden is an amazing cookware company because better tools equal better food. Maiden spends so much time crafting their products because they know better tools make better food. All their pots, pans are carbon steel and chef knives are made by the best cookware makers from the U.S. and France. So you know they're fancy. 
They're also accessible because Made In offers fair pricing and is only sold online, which cuts out the high retail store pricing. There's no middleman. Also, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I think shopping for cookware can be confusing. That's why Maiden offers a single line of essential pieces, simplifying the process of outfitting your kitchen. And you're also not ending up with things that you'll never use, which I feel like I've done before because when we've packed up and we've moved, I'm like, what are all these utensils in my kitchen? You guys can take your cooking to the next level today. Go to madeincookware.com slash mommies and use promo code mommies for 15% off your first purchase, excluding kits. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com slash mommies, promo code mommies for 15% off your first purchase, madeincookware.com slash mommies, promo code mommies. Addiction is, like you said, is a disease that I feel like People don't really, they kind of just shove it under the rug and they aren't talking about it. And so I think it's really great that you're bringing it to the forefront and doing it in such a candid and personal way because it's it's something that even like you think about, um, I looked at a statistic the other day of pregnant women even who struggle with substance abuse and it's it's crazy how high the statistic is. Absolutely. It is astounding. And, and it, you know, it doesn't take much. It's powerful. Th- this medication is powerful. You know, like I had a C-section. After the C-section, both times, they wanted, well, the first time I wasn't as um, scared about the oxy because my brother was still alive when my, when my first child was born. But after my, my second child was born and he had died and we had already gone through all this, when they offered me the oxy in the hospital, I was like, uh, you're out of your mind. Like, the, get that away from me, you know? I will take super yeah. crazy Tylenol because I've now heard all these horror stories. And it's crazy because the thing is, is that they don't really sound like horror stories. They sound like what you just said, Jade. They sound like a woman who had a baby and is in pain and is taking medication for the pain. And then all of a sudden needs to take more and needs to take more. And then they find themselves with an opioid addiction, you know, especially opioids because they're so physically addicting. Isn't that right? It's like yes. your body craves it. Yep. It literally rewires the chemistry of your brain. And this is what I'm finding out as I'm doing the show. I'm learning so much about this that I didn't know when we started about how it truly does rewire your brain and it becomes a disease of the brain. It's not an issue of willpower. It's not an issue of moral failing. It's an Mm. issue of like, hey, your brain used to work that way. And now you've taken all these chemicals and it works this way. (laughs) And when you reframe it like that and you think about it like diabetes or even even a mental illness like depression or anxiety or anything that we need to take something to curb, um, then I think it, it helps to destigmatize it and and make it easier to, to talk about. You have two children, a daughter and a son, and you named your son after your brother. Do they know what happened or do you feel like they're still too young to comprehend what happened to your brother? Yeah, so part of my parenting mo is you know just honesty (laughs) i'm just very candid with my with my daughter my son is 16 months so he really exists in the dad dad bye bye sphere still um (laughs) i I mean i get a mama too but he just really loves the word dad dad (laughs) (laughs) just super into those sounds why do they like hey man you know that i grew you in my body so uh it would be cool if you could just lean into the mama a little bit more um (laughs) but 
My daughter, um, she has very, very distinct memories of my brother. And we talk about him all the time. He is everywhere in our house. I have a giant hand-painted portrait of him in my son's room. He's everywhere. And so it's not like he died and we don't talk about him. He's very much present still in our lives. And they get to a phase, you'll, you'll get to it in a couple years, where they just get really obsessed with death. And they want to talk mm, about death and what that means. And so, and we, we are Jewish. And so when my daughter was three, we were lighting the Yartzeit candle. And that's a candle that you light every year to commemorate their death. And it burns for 24 hours. You know, it's a tradition. And so she saw us lighting the candle and she said, is it, you know, whose birthday is it? Because that's what she associates with lighting a candle. And mm, sure. I started weeping, <laughs> you know, obviously, as you do. And um, my husband, too. You know, he, he started crying. It was like, you know, she knew that Harris had died, but we hadn't really got into it because she hadn't really asked. You know, and we always thought when she asks, we're going to talk about it. And so we said, you know, he was sick and he died and we light a candle to honor him. And she started weeping, sobbing like mm. she actually didn't know that he died. I thought like we talk about him all the time. So she she just thought he's still here. Oh, we just wow. don't see him, you know, and see him. Right. And so it was like she was learning for the first time, even though it was a year and a half later that he had died. And so she sort of like had that grief. And then, of course, we were just, you know, it was it was such an emotional moment. And and of course, she started saying, well, are you going to die? You know, it brings up these questions. And am I going to die? And, you know, <laughs> and they just ask you these questions that are so frank and so direct. And um, we explained to her, no, you know, this is, you know, when you're sick and you don't have to be worried about mommy and daddy. You know, we're, we're good. We're here. And, you know, you're you're uh, she made a joke. That's what happened. She made a joke. She said something like, I want to eat cookies or, you know, she sort of changed, you know, she was really upset and then she just bounced right out of it like they do. And um, it's like that's the beautiful thing about kids <laughs> is that they they feel their stuff really deeply and then mm -hmm. they bounce out of it really quickly. And they just let it yeah, go. Yeah, they right? let it go. And and recently we were at a swimming party like really far away from our house, but it happened to be near the cemetery. And she'd been asking to go to see the cemetery. And I had been like, you know, no, I'm not going to take her and. I don't know. I on a whim I said, "Do you want to go?" She said, "Yeah, I do." And so we went together. And I explained, you know, what w that we can talk to him. You can tell him tell him how you're doing and she said, "Hey, Uncle Harris, I know I'm it's Iris. I started kindergarten this year. I miss you. I love you." And Aww. and then she uh she said, "Okay, I'm ready to go." You know, it, it's like so mm -hmm. we 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 definitely talk about it. I certainly have not talked about the deep why? Because she's not ready yet to hear that. But as soon as I am advised to do so <laughs> by the professionals, which I hear is like around nine or 10, you can start having those conversations. Uh, uh, I absolutely will because she's susceptible to it. You know, like I said, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we'll definitely have that conversation and every other conversation that you have with your kids. What would be your best advice for, I mean, there's so many people that are, that have addictions that, I mean, some, we just don't even know that they, they do struggle with things. Some we do see the struggle and we see them fighting it and, you know, they make it out alive or they don't. What is your best advice as someone who's gone through it to, you know, help people navigate it for their friends or their family or anyone they see 
that may need help. Yeah. I mean, that is like, I've got a 25 episode podcast that they should definitely listen to. I mean, we we deep dive on all of that. You know, it's like the way we've been doing it, I can say, um, isn't working. So the old notion that you can go to a 30 day rehab program and you come out and you're better, that's not often the case. Relapse is part of the disease. There are a lot of progressive measures that um, have been proven, you know, by science and data to be effective. Something called medication-assisted treatment is kind of the gold standard right now, which is that you are actually taking a low dose of a drug like buprenorphine or methadone or suboxone, and it's something that can curb your desire to use and also prevent overdose from being able to happen. So you basically... Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so like instead of the old abstinence-based you know, cold turkey model where you detox and then that's it. And then you sort of have to just rely on this 12 steps or or, or whatever that you actually are, are doing all of that in conjunction with medication assisted treatment. So there are a lot of, wow. of options now. It's not um, necessarily the death sentence that you think, you know, when you when you hear about it. And, um, you know, that's the whole reason we wanted to do the show is that it's like if you're a parent and you find out your kid is using this stuff as a parent you're not going to give up on your kid i mean ever right like that's your right that's your whole world and so we want people to know that this is like a very bleak terrain you know like the numbers are scary but there are things that do work and part of it like with families you asked about families is that you hear that thing like it's a family disease, and that absolutely is true. So getting therapy for yourself, taking care of yourself, um, going to Al-Anon, you know, whatever that looks like for you, you are a part of it. And you get so wrapped up if you're dealing with somebody who's struggling with addiction and you're on that roller coaster. You know, I was on that roller coaster with a one-year-old. Like my brother went to rehab for the first time when my daughter was a month old. Oh, my goodness. And on top of that, we had found out when my daughter was two weeks old that she had hearing loss that she was born with. So I had this baby. I had it was my first baby. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, she has a hearing problem. It's permanent. And boom, your brother's going to rehab, you know. And I was like nursing this baby and like had to keep her alive when I felt, you know, really this, this tremendous sense of despair and you know, by the time when he died, it was about a year later, pretty much to the on the nose. And he'd gone to three different treatment facilities. And so I had this 13 month old now and my brother died and and I had no desire to get out of bed or, you know, live, frankly, if I'm being honest, you know, I I felt like my entire mm-hmm. world had stopped and exploded. And, you know, kids are incredible medicine in those moments because they have to do their routines. You have to you have to. You have to hold them. You have to feed them. You have to give them a bath. You have to, you know, so so I will say all the time that I feel like my daughter really saved my life because she forced me to get out of bed when I didn't want to. And she forced me to smile when I didn't feel like it, even though my face wouldn't organically smile. I pretended, you know, and that kind of thing can be really helpful. So, you know, just try to be kind to yourself and be where you are and take your time and I fortunately have like the most incredible support system and my husband and you know 
everyone goes through trauma. It's like moms go through stuff, too. And we just have to figure out, you know, how to, how to get through that in one piece. Happy fall, you guys. I am so excited. It's the end of September and it feels like fall. I'm talking scarves, pumpkin spice, everything. And the best part of fall is all the cute boots that I get to wear. And I'm so glad that I found Shoe Dazzle because before I found Shoe Dazzle, I would be spending up to $200 on boots when I would go to Nordstrom or any kind of department store for really cute boots. But now that I have Shoe Dazzle, I can get affordable, cute boots for such a great price. It's not even a question. Shoe Dazzle has on-trend fashion at an irresistible price. They're chic, inclusive, and for any fashion-forward woman out there who loves fashion, especially shoes, you need to try Shoe Dazzle. All you have to do is go on to their website, take a super quick 60-second style quiz. You'll receive a personalized showroom of pieces specifically catered towards your own unique style. This takes the guesswork out of what styles are best suitable for you. I took the quiz and they were right on point with what I like. With just a few clicks, Studazzle is doing all the homework for you. Make sure you enter your email address once you receive the style quiz and you'll receive exclusive monthly discounts and inside scoop about new collections that haven't been released yet. Before I forget, Shoe Dazzle is offering our listeners an exclusive deal. Get your first Shoe Dazzle style for as low as $10 as a VIP. That's 75% off your first item with our special link. Just go to shoedazzle.com slash mommies to take advantage of this deal now. That's shoedazzle.com slash mommies to get your first style for as low as $10 as a VIP. You can also get free shipping on orders over $39, and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. That's shoedazzle.com slash mommies. As a mom yourself, do you ever worry that like one of your children falling victim to the opioid crisis or any drugs? Because addiction can be hereditary. Yep. How do you plan on approaching your children about this, like the opioid crisis or drugs in general, when you've experienced something so tragic firsthand? It's such a great question. And I know that it's something that everyone who's been touched by this thinks about. You know, it's 100% on my very long list of worries. I have so many worries, you know. I worry about, yeah. you know, school shootings. I, my kids in kindergarten now, I worry about that. I worry about, uh, you know, terrified, about. terrified. Ugh. You know, I worry about um, her hearing. You know, I worry about her losing more hearing. I worry about her, you know, getting hit by a car. I, I worry about everything, right? So this is one of the things as moms I think we're wired to worry and so um, I certainly do I think my method I had amazing parents they are still here they were incredible and supportive and my mom was a PTO mom and you know you can't look to my family and be like there were signs there you know like we had a great mm -hmm. upbringing but I think that one thing that I feel very strongly about doing a little bit differently is just being very open and honest about all of it. So saying to my kids, like, listen, these are drugs and these are dangerous. And I know that you are going to want to experiment with these things. I wanted to experiment with these things, and that's absolutely normal. But I need to let you know that here is a thing that can happen. And to be really honest about that, you know, and to say, mm -hmm. if you are going to experiment, which I know that you will, 
I need you to confide in me and to let me know what you're doing and to have my phone on speed dial and to know that these are drugs that if you take them can end your life, right? And and just be very clear and not in a way that is judgmental. I mean, I I feel like I'm going to approach sex the same way, you know? Here is a thing that you are going to want to do. Here are the consequences that can happen. Like, it's super fun and you're going to want to do it. But here are some things that can go wrong, (laughs) you know? I don't know if that's the right answer. I mean, again, my kid's five and I... I, I deeply empathize with like my mother. We, my brother and I were both like, you know, crazy, insane teenagers and pushed all sorts of boundaries. And I'm certain my kid's going to do the same thing. But I think that just being brutally honest about it and keeping those lines open. And for me, like I literally have a book that I'm going to give my kid that I wrote that outlines all the stuff that happened to her uncle and all the ways that it really destroyed the family. And I'm going to be like, here, baby, I wrote this book when you were one and I want you to read it. <laughs> Maybe that will make an impact. I hope it will. It's it's crazy because, like you said, you kind of I feel like that is like the way you kind of have to parent nowadays. I mean, when I was a kid and we experimented, too, I was I felt so much shame yes. and I would hide mm-hmm. it from my parents and. Um, it was something that they, if they eventually found out later, I would get in trouble and then I would just hide more things. And so just having that open stream of conversation, if you do do this, tell me because you do, like you said, you just need to know the honest consequences and I'll be here for you no matter what. And I love you no matter what. Yep. And because otherwise you don't know what your children are getting into. Little kids nowadays at the age of nine are smoking marijuana. It's just, totally. you know, you don't, we don't, we don't really know what's going on with our and kids the phones. and the system, you the know, phones. like, like yeah. right. the, oh my the, God, like I hear constantly that they're sending naked pictures to each other. And I mean, there's so much like when I was a kid, you know, I was born in 81. I didn't have a phone, thank God, until college. You know, I had a pager in high school. (laughs) Like, there's no paper trail for me. You know, I I always think like, what if what if I had documented that time? I mean, it's so different. I was watching The Little Rascals with Bella the other day, and they put a note on their dog to talk to each other across town. (laughs) I was like, these kids, no one knows where these kids are or what they're doing. They send notes on their dogs like a carrier pigeon. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is so different than the life we lead now. Totally. Like we're we're like, where are our kids? Can we track them? Yeah. Like, and these children are just going off and doing whatever. And well, and I, it's just such a different it time. It is, and I, I think that like the the shame piece, Jade. Like that's, I think the way that I parent in general is that I try my hardest to not frame things in terms of you are bad or you are good, right? I -hmm. say like, well, that that choice that you made, what do you think about that? What do you think happened because of that choice? Like, do you think that if you you could make a different choice or, you know, it's like, like, let's think about our choices. It's like those things where you're like, you know, gritting your teeth and then like going to drink, you know, when they go to bed. It's like choices, choices, choices. (laughs) Um, But like, I think it's the same thing. Like, that's not going to change when they're older. It's just the things that we talk about in terms of their choices will get more and more um, intense. And I think if we can continue to frame things in in a way of, like, empowerment and not um, shame, never, never go to shame, the better. And, like, with my kid, like, now, like, they tell you, you know, like, to teach consent when they're young. My kid mm-hmm. <laughs> talks about her vagina all 
the time, okay? She <laughs> is like, this is my vagina. Nobody's allowed to touch it. Like, it's probably scary to people, you know? But I'm just like, I I want her to know. Like, this is your body. And and I don't know. So I just I just really like that openness. And, and I would rather go way too far in that direction than to go into the other direction where you're feeling like, you know, where your kid feels like they can't trust you and that you're going to yell at them or you're going to get in trouble and shame them. And there's just nothing productive there, I don't think. Well, yeah, I do feel like that is part of the epidemic is being unable to talk about it because of the shame or the guilt or the disappointment. If you if you're an addict and you're going to disappoint your family by telling them what you're struggling with, then that's just adding, you know, we're not we're not getting anywhere with that. Exactly. And that's that's why you're exactly right. It's like that phrase, I'm going to botch it, but that that shame Mm -hmm. grows like where it's quiet and dark, you know, and I think that's Mm -hmm. that's totally right. And it's just such a powerful emotion. Like I, I can see when my daughter feels it. I can see it on her. And, you know, when a teacher has shamed her or somebody has embarrassed her, it's just such a bad place to be as a human. Like if you're a grown up, too, I don't like when I feel shamed or humiliated or, Absolutely. or embarrassed. And, you know, so just like trying to like reinforce that respect, um, I think is important. This is such a, I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it like, I, I just think about, gosh, every stage of our kid's life and how many different conversations we're going to have with our children in each stage of, you know, I'm like at five, you have one that's different than at 10 and then at 15. And then when they go off to college and then when they're going to get married and then we're, yeah. and you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's why don't you feel like if you being a parent is really hard. It's so hard, and I feel like it's the worst. It's the hardest job, and there's no manual. (laughs) It's like you're just supposed to know how to do it. And that's the thing. Like I feel like if you can just figure out, crack the code on how to have the conversations when they're like small, then maybe we can keep using the same kind of blueprint, and the Mm -hmm, content will change. You know, and then as I right. say this, like you guys know how it is. You you feel like you crack the case on something and you like say it out loud and then like they don't sleep the next night or whatever. So like <laughs> they know. Yep. They know. When you think that you figured it out, they know. <laughs> Gosh, they're so smart. They're so smart. They are very tuned in. Yeah. And Jade, you have like a teeny teeny baby right oh my gosh yeah he's eight weeks i i can hear my husband with him walking out in the hallway right now and he's crying like crazy like, how are you <laughs> i can't hear him That's so i am sad. so proud oh, of you for being on the phone right now this is like superhero Jade's oh, wonder woman superhero it's kind of like my me time you know as much as this is a job i love it because carly and i this is what we do we yeah. we vent and we talk about mommy topics and women topics and it's this, it's kind of therapy for me in a way. And so it's something I actually really, really enjoy. And my husband is home um, with us. So it's nice. So he's taking care of Brooks right now while I'm podcasting. Yeah, but. yeah. My, my husband too. We, we work together actually. Like we both work on Lemonada. So we're together 24 hours a day. Oh, nice. And some people are like, how do you, how do you do that? You know? And I love it. It's a blessing yeah, and a curse, Yeah, I mean, right? totally. It's like, I mean, like, I'm sure the codependency is just through the roof and we're probably like, you know, totally insane in, in a million different ways. But but the thing that I like about it is that I can do the 50-50 parent thing legitimately. Like when he was working outside of the house, I remember I would get so frustrated because he would get home at like six and I had done all the pickups and all the drop-offs and all mm-hmm. the food stuff and all the, like, stuff that I'm not really that great at, frankly. And, you know, like, by the time he came home, I was like, okay, it's your turn, you know. And now it's like, 
very right. divided, very evenly, and we both do pickups and drop-offs. And, like, I don't know. I just love it. I love the quality of it all. Yeah, he's great. My husband's great with our toddler because I have a daughter who's two. And so he's kind of taken over those responsibilities because Brooks really just needs mom right yep. now. But I'm definitely looking forward to, like, that age, like you said, where it just feels like good just we're tackling 50-50 together. Yeah, I know. And you know what? It's so true. My my husband said he felt like he didn't know Harry until he was like a year. Because prior to a year, yeah. he was just like, I need your boob. That's all that I need. Yep. I don't know who that man is. I don't care who that man is. And then, you know. He smells right. weird, you know. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't smell like you. why he's here. <laughs> Get rid of him. Um but yeah, it's, it's a it's like like you said, it's like a beautiful and totally insane harrowing time. Well, yeah. Stephanie, thank you so much for spending time with us and being with us. And I'm so going to be listening to your podcast. Where can we find Last Day Podcast? And where can we find your book? And, and your where socials. can we find you on social? Yes. Okay, let me tell you all the things. Everyone, get out your notepads or your or start <laughs> yes. typing on your phone. I haven't <laughs> written with my hand in years. Um, so you can go to Lemonada Media on all social handles. It's L-E-M-O-N-A-D-A, like Lemonada. Uh, we are there, lemonadamedia.com. You can find Last Day on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Google or wherever you get your podcasts. And then I personally am on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, at Whittle Stephanie. Oh, and my book, sorry, my book is called Everything is Horrible and Wonderful, and uh, a tragic comic memoir of genius, heroine, love, and loss. Longest title in the history of books. And you can find that on Amazon or wherever you uh, get books. If you get books, you should. You should still get books. Everybody should read, <laughs> yes. Yes, agreed. And I just think, yeah, I'm so grateful that you guys had me on. And I just think you're doing the Lord's work or whomever by talking with moms and <laughs> about how hard this is because it's no joke and uh, – I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just grateful that you guys exist. So thank you. Thank you. We're grateful for you too. And tell your husband hi. <laughs> yes. You guys hello. are both fans. Tell him hi for us. I will. He's going to be very <laughs> jealous and excited. I will let him know. <laughs> I think it's amazing how many people out there turn something that's so tragic into something so unbelievably helpful by being vulnerable and speaking out and talking about the losses in their lives. And Stephanie is one of those people. And I just think she has so much to say. And I just, I don't know, I appreciate that she even started this podcast because it's going to help so many people. Yeah, I feel like when you go through something like that, and your whole world kind of feels out of control, and you don't know what to grasp. The one thing that we can do to kind of take that control back is to turn it into something that can be positive. And so I think she's so strong for starting this podcast and like you said being vulnerable and being candid and just hoping that if someone listens that it'll affect them because if it makes a difference in one person's life then she's making a difference and I feel like that's something that we all can take away from this uh, interview today yeah absolutely and I think you know as moms let's just also go out and support this mom who's just doing what her heart is leading her to do and and helping the world being a mom is hard and being a working mom is hard and being a mom that takes time to make a podcast is hard. It's hard to even sh shape out time. And she's an author. Like what? This woman is also Wonder Woman. <laughs> but yeah, We're I just all think Wonder Woman. That's the yes, thing. We all got to tell ourselves that. Let's all just pat ourselves on the back this week. I think that's what we need to do. Solidarity. Yeah. 
All right. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Yeah, Do please it. go subscribe and leave us a little review and some nice little stars. If you love us, we'd appreciate it. That's what keeps our podcast going. And then that's about it. So thank you guys. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.